It's Monday the 10th of January 2022. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this past week, why it happened and why we should care. My guest this week is my friend and colleague Beata Vaviania, a regular on this show and the driving force behind Ruf Polsky. Welcome to you. Hello, thank you. Um, an unexpected cancellation last week means this is the first programme of the year. So happy new year, one and all. The one story that's dominated Iceland and indeed the world for the past month is Omicron and Covid more generally. A topic we could easily spend half an hour talking about, but I promise we won't. Um, the vaccination of 5 to 11 year olds starts full scale today. Hundreds and thousands have tested positive over the festive period. Landspitali is struggling to cope. People are now able to discharge themselves at the end of isolation. And quarantine is no more for some people when exposed to infection. Plus much, yes indeed, much more. In other news, just before Christmas, the Fagradalsfjall volcano volcanic eruption was finally declared over, only for the ground to start shaking again four days later. Now, this weekend, the uncertainty alert has been removed and the earthquake swarm declared over, for now at least. When the ground stops shaking, the sky takes over. And this January has started in typical stormy January style, including several weather warnings and flooding in Grindavik. It follows a December that was calmer and less snowy than average. Firework sales were strong again this New Year's, uh, though public bonfires were cancelled. The number of trees sold as an alternative way to support search and rescue for those who don't like fireworks was down, however. The Me Too revolution continues to shape public discourse with a candid podcast interview with Vitalia Lazareva leading to five influential men stepping down. One has since been sacked outright. The year started with the usual nationwide budget changes that this year included widespread wage increases and a higher tax-free limit for everybody, but also a range of tax rises that, along with higher inflation, are minimising these effects. And finally, Gvidmunde <clears throat> Felix Grietason, the world's first recipient of two complete transplanted arms and shoulders, spent Christmas in Iceland for the first time in seven years and succeeded in his stated goal of eating the soup starter for his Christmas dinner without any help. Where would you like to start? Hmm. The choice is difficult. Ah, let's have it over with. Go through COVID. Now, I wasn't lying when I said we could spend the whole show on this if we wanted to. So much has happened. It truly has. I, since I'm only part-time now for um, Rufpolski, I've been really struggling to select um, appropriate news to translate because the COVID basically overtook. So it, it looked like the only thing happening in Iceland now on Polish uh, uh, Polish side was the was COVID. COVID. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure. I mean, it's what the world has noted the highest number of cases with the least number of deaths, which, as I read it, strongly strong, uh, strong, strongly suggests that Omicron is uh, much much less of a um, life threatening variant. Um, so it looks like we will just go through it. And it will. I'm hoping that it will just become a next or um, another type of flu for us. We'll start treating it just as we do with flu. Some will get vaccinated. Adults will. Others will just. Yeah, yeah. I can do. Go through it. Kind of mm. attitude. Um, on another note, the five to eleven um, kids age group 
is I think had they already started physically already started vaccinating them. I think that it was what eleven o'clock. Um, yeah, after the debate, whether where to do it and um, and and talk for many uh, for, for many weeks to do it in schools, they ended up deciding that it's not an appropriate place. And um, I know here in in the capital area, it's go happening in Leukerdershatl, so our favorite vaccination place. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, probably uh, Akureyri was also going to do that in the same vaccination spot, while Reykjanes Bayer decided to do it in music school. Okay. The music school of, of Keplavik. Now, schools have been vaccinating, or sorry, vaccinations have been happening in schools for, for decades. So... Has it? What's changed? I believe so. Things um, like TB and, and and measles vaccinations and things. Yeah, I, th- I think there are there are certainly some vaccinations going on in in schools. But what were the reasons given for for, for changing to, for example, Lögerdalsvöll? If I'm not mistaken, was uh, the the reason given was the shortage of staff and the problems um, that we are facing now with what twenty thousand people, five percent of nation in either quarantine or isolation. So uh, it definitely requires much less manpower mm. to uh, to organize it in Um It's, uh, I think, the the vaccinations of, of, uh, of the, all those older diseases are much less controversial. So admi- administering them in school... Uh, didn't didn't raise as many concerns as would COVID vaccination. Yeah, because this time around, it's 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 partly about protecting the identity of the parents who choose not to get their children vaccinated. Yeah, so and that, um, yeah. not to split groups. That not to split children into groups. Mm. Oh, you got vaccinated. Oh, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, sure, uh, even though they will probably notice. Oh, this one is not not here at this point. Um, I'm hoping this will be a much lesser of a of a uh, discussion point between kids to uh, to make some feel feel more miserable. Um, yes, uh, many many different versions. Um, finally, they were they have arrived to some conclusion about length of quarantine, of isolation, and self discharge. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, so the de- the deal there is, again, talking about staffing and, and just pressure on the system. Um, people that were isolating previously had to wait for a phone call from Helsevera, I think, mm-hmm. or from COVID-related. Either, yeah. yeah. Saying you can you can now be Co- free. covid dealt probably. And, and, and that's not happening anymore. So no. When if... you finish your seven days, you just say, I have finished my seven days. And, and you were asymptomatic, it seems. Yes. For... Yes for some some days mm. um uh, certainly will speed up the the process uh, obviously is a is a, a place for uh, more um cheating i would say like yeah 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 of course i was without symptoms <coughs> <laughs> though um i i went through covid when uh, it was still a 14 day isolation and i I, I, I say to my friends that it was one of the positive elements about it. However, it was a big strain on my psyche, uh, mental health. Um, 
I think that it really helped me to recover. When you are expected to return to work after seven days and you had some symptoms and you had some fever and your body was exhausted uh, and you returned to work on the eighth day, mm. that kind, I would think that it uh, doesn't let, allow the body to, to recover as well and uh, the pro- process isn't... Uh, you might not go get back to the to your previous shape, but for those people who are or kids who really had absolutely no symptoms, no, there was not even a minute on of, of lower mood or lower energy levels. That makes only sense to not to keep them longer than necessary. Yeah, and the, the, let's be honest, the the virus is out of control right now. Um, more than half of the people. Being diagnosed every day are not in quarantine. There's up to a thousand, it, more than a thousand per day. It's not being controlled. Um, so, like you say, when people are asymptomatic, it, it does perhaps make sense that they're contributing to society and the economy in some way. Um, Absolutely, especially that it seems that it, this is at at this point more uh, more of a disruption is the fact that so many people, healthy people, are locked at homes. Rather than the the strain on the hospital with those who are sick. Let's so. talk about that though, um, the hospitals, <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're still reckoning on a 0.6 to 0.7 percent rate of people that will need hospital care, mm-hmm. um, which is not a lot. Um, but when you've got so many, so many twenty thousand people affected in some way at the moment in isolation mm-hmm. or quarantine, that soon mounts up on the hospital, and and they are really struggling. Definitely. Um, I would like to, probably many of us would like to see that in those two years, some better um, better ways of dealing with that crisis ha- ha- have been developed. Unfortunately, we seem to be <laughs> in the same spot as we were two years ago. Um, but uh, luckily, it seems that thanks to the, fa- the fact that the Omicron took over and Delta is really kind of stable that numbers are also fairly stable and and they are still somehow managing to cope. Um, Let's see what happens next. It's uh, the the curve is still on a rise. Mm. And the the acting head of Landspitali has called, although she has no authority to to, to implement them, she's called for stricter measures. they also called for extra staff to uh, to attend hospital. They ca- mm. they they shut down a clinic, clinic kin in Armuli or yeah, other which is a private health institution. Though probably uh, many of those doctors worked worked also in the in Landspitali. So now they um, they can only do Landspitali work. I guess that's the only sensible solution uh, in those times. Though those most affected in in when. Uh, Measures like that are taken are those who don't have COVID and um, are vulnerable with other diseases. Yes, that's true as well. There's endless numbers of, of, of operations being postponed, um, understandably, but they have to take place at some point. Um, and hopefully they will manage to catch up on queue, though uh, exhausted um, healthcare uh, service Staff might not be very willing to take any more overtime mm. once this is over. Um, difficult times. Um, I, you know, just stay stay safe. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of it, really, isn't it? Stay safe. Do what everybody should still continue to do what they can to prevent 
contagion and to mm-hmm. sanitise and everything and just carry on as best we can. And if you are one of the 20,000 people currently in isolation <laughs> or quarantine, um, thanks for listening, although you've got nothing better to do. <laughs> um, yes, stay safe. Maybe that's a good point to move on to a different topic. Absolutely. Um, a big, a big case f- uh, from last week, the Me Too. Um, Vitalia, uh, she she came on uh, onto a, a, a podcast. podcast? Yep. Thank you, and spoke out loud about sexual abuse she encountered. Um, Vitalia is a young young woman, twenty um, five ish. At the time of those events, she was about twenty four, and. Um, those five who she uh, accused of inappropriate behavior, they are well over 40, I believe, all of them. And on very uh, exposed, well-exposed uh, positions, well-known names. Not directly connected to each other, perhaps in, in public life, the business people as a media star. Although it seems if you look deeper into their um, resume, you will see that they had been... at. At least some of them, they were they were working in similar places. Clearly, friends with each other at some other. point, yeah. and friends with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wasn't quite sure. I, I briefly run through that statement, but she. It seems that she spoke about it before last year, not just not just this last week, though it didn't seem to. And she she even uh, named back then those people, those men. Um, but it didn't seem to catch up or, or, or you know, raise any any concerns. Only until the the interview she took last week, when she didn't name those men, um, that it actually caused all of them to take statement. Um, most of them admitted that it happened. Didn't maybe say. They had the same impression as as, as she had, obviously. Um, didn't take it as badly as, as she did. Uh, some of them said that it's a, it, they are sorry for how she took it. Though when you go naked into a hot tub with a lady half your age, you can't quite ex- expect that she'll be happy at the end. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens next. How will... Um, if anything else, if any other women will come up um, with some concerns about uh, about behavior of, of the, those men, if that was only only this one one uh, one woman that encountered this this mis- misbehavior from them, mm. um, I th- have a feeling that Me Too is uh, is much stronger here in Iceland than than in other countries. Uh, don't you have a feeling that Icelanders often f- t- tend to really punish themselves? Once something is up, once something is wrong, they they really go all the way into it and and try to solve it, though they drop it halfway whenever something else um, surges or whenever some time passes and it's not as fresh any longer um i want to <laughs> maybe it's not not as not as uh, 
severe or, or serious. But um, I, I, obviously, us being foreigners here, the um, Icelanders often talk, speak about how how they need to be better. How they every time someone um, posts a, a Facebook. Um, Uh, post on Facebook how they were mistreated by Icelanders, how it was um, done only because they were foreign, uh, misused, abused, you name it. Then Icelanders like, yes, yes, we did it. I'm sorry, we need to do better. We are not as it should be and so on. And then they, they, they even introduce some laws, do some changes Though I have a feeling often it's in some kind of panic and rather disorganized manner. I don't know what you, what your feelings about it are and if others have noticed similar. I'm kind of curious to, to see if it's just my personal. There does seem to be one or two very high profile points of discussion on the go at any time. And as new things keep coming up, it stands to reason that others fall by the wayside because there mm. are these really hot topics that are always on the go and it does always seem to be the way um, yeah me too being mm-hmm. a very good example mm-hmm. um, plenty has changed and um, I, I have to you know kind of congratulate or or take the hat off to Icelanders for, for trying mm. absolutely and I, I should just say on this particular discussion of this particular case mm. this is something that's sort of setting a precedent for the future because they were all adults involved. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not making any claims about being in the location unwillingly or mm-hmm. having been kidnapped or anything like that. Laws on, on paper weren't broken. What we're talking about is is respecting each other and, and the fact that, as mm-hmm. you said, a, a young woman, regardless of who she is, mm-hmm. Regardless of how she comports herself, if she's confident mm. and she's got a great body or anything, mm. it doesn't matter. She was made to feel uncomfortable and this is stuck with her. And now a, a year or two later, mm-hmm. she speaks about it and we're taking it seriously. We're not just saying it wasn't against the law, full stop. And that's a good thing. And, and hopefully it will make men and women in the things. future think about and how how everyone else feels. Um One other impression I got personally was um, that no one was denying it. There was no, 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 no one trying to say, oh, no, no, it didn't happen. It was, it was just all friends, and it was nice. And no, 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 she's just lying. There was no, no such thing. Which also is, um, is, uh, you know, respectful reaction. Really, you just take it, take it, and 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 uh, deal with it. Mm. And I think most people remember a time from when they were in their early 20s, perhaps, or even younger, when they were made to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, they wanted, I mean, people at the age of 20, 24, 25, 30, sometimes don't feel like they have enough to offer. So um, if the body is nice, then that's what they try to use as their leverage to um, in life, basically, really, or career. Mm -hmm. So... um, you know, voices that say, oh, it's she just went there. She could have said no. Could she? Mm. We won't know. You were not there. You don't know how it feels. Um, even though she's lived here for, for a while, she uh, she's obviously of... Uh, her parents are of, of, of foreign origin. 
Uh, maybe that played role here too. Um, there, there are cases, plenty of cases where um, it's just not as easy to for a foreigner, even born here or born from Icelandic or one Icelandic parent, um, live their whole life here. But they carry foreign name or they carry foreign um, appearance, gen- appearance mm. genetic makeup. It, they are not there. Oh, are you are, are you Icelandic? Oh, you speak such a, such such good such good Icelandic. Well, my parent is Icelandic. My I was born here. I've lived here for twenty five years. How else would I be speaking? Though, yeah. So um, prejudice still present. Although um, it hasn't been stated that that was a factor in this. Not at all. No. Not at all. Um, it's it's my personal, just you know, guess. Maybe she's not feeling. All that's that, that's certain, and this is putting the onus on older people in mm-hmm. the future going forward to say, just because something is available from someone, something is on offer, hmm. potentially even, doesn't yeah. you should say yes, and doesn't mean it's okay to say yes or to to take advantage. You have few Whereas more decades of of wiseness in and the experience. Past, in the past, men, specifically men, were kind of absolved of it. Mm. And and it was it was okay, especially looking back to the seventies and whatever. It's all part of the same journey, and hopefully, hopefully we all learn something from this as a society. Mm-hmm. And on that note, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> Maybe we should move on to a different uh, topic. I was just taking breath to do that, uh, I've, I've, and I was going to uh, close it with a very um, positive note of Gudmundur Felix and his and his hands. Um, so yeah, he managed to come to Iceland after what seven years you said of not visiting for Christmas. He's um, his Polish wife with him supporting, um, and he ate the soup just as he promised. So uh, even though it's, it was what September or October, um, he was still he had still limited movement in his arms. He made incredible progress and uh, yeah enjoyed I'm, I'm curious what soup was it do you know <laughs> no, no. no, no. I, it, they, there was a camera there so I saw him eating it I think it was <laughs> probably some sort of tomato or something maybe pink coloured I, I saw him signing his book he he published a book with um, with help of Sylvia um, the, the book of it's called what 10,000 volts Volts. yeah um uh, for those un- unfamiliar with the story, uh, Gunnar Felix, twen- 15 years ago, 20 years no, ago? A little more than 20, yeah, 20 two years decades ago. ago. Um, he was working on high uh, high power grid. Um, he misunderstood the um, instructions and went a bit too far and ended up touching line that was still connected. And uh, his hands got on fire. Um, he fell down several meters, which was amazing. That didn't kill him in the first place. Um, the fire on his hands didn't kill him either. And uh, well, they were both amputated at the um, shoulder level. And he moved to France to get the transplant. And after seven or so years, he he got it. The which was. Almost a year ago, it was end of January last year. It was. Yeah. It was one of the lights in the COVID times, in the high, high um, 
shut down times when uh, yeah they they run the, they did that operation found a donor donor close enough which was also a tricky element apparently and the specialist at the hospital in Lyon Lyon yes yeah. um, they they um, proceeded with the mm, With what transplant transplant thank yeah. you <laughs> so yes then he he then he could see his family and um, enjoy a bit of Icelandic weather stormy not too snowy but stormy I don't know how did you guys sleep last night I barely slept fine oh. honestly my house it, I don't even hear it it really depends on the direction or or where which uh, which way your windows bedroom mm. windows face When we had that one and only red weather warning, um, January last year, or even the one before, I can't remember now. Mm. I was so was. excited for it because I do like a good storm, um, <laughs> especially with the snow. That 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 one was with sto- it was beautiful snow. But I didn't hear anything. No, and it was it ended up not not to be as um, as uh, harsh as they they predicted. True. So they turned out uh, better than hoped. Yes, but I believe um, it was. A much bigger deal last night in in certain places. There weren't any um, emergency call outs that I'm aware of. Not, not like last not, week. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now you live not too far from. Um, it was Grindavik. It wasn't was it? Grindavik. Yeah. yeah, it was Grindavik. The it was. Oh, I like that news actually too. So um, they were predicting the lowest low in barometric pressure. Um, uh, unfortunately, it didn't. <laughs> <me> unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> It didn't happen, no. but it was extremely low nonetheless. It was, what, 959 hectopascals, which standard pressure is 1,013 and plus minus 10 usually, um, which meant that the um, ocean levels were higher. The wind direction um, adding to it uh, pushed a lot of water into the harbor of Grindavik, flooding over um, fish processing plant. That was just, you know, knees up high in water, basically. Mm. No electricity, uh, a lot of uh, damage, but it seemed to have... And at this point, they didn't face more damage. Later storms, well, everything is, uh, is still open. There might be another storm. Will probably be. January, so, after all. Something we can count on in here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty windy. A lot of damage on the peninsula, some some um, asphalt torn, um, sheep houses taken almost down um, further further um, towards the ocean. So yeah, yeah. quite uh, quite adventure not, not adventurous quite a. Hmm. We we keep we are being reminded we're surrounded by nature. Absolutely. We are not just in the you know cozy apartment and uh, taking an elevator down to the parking lot and and moving to work. We are part of nature. Absolutely. Uh, great point at which to finish. I think uh, mm-hmm. because we are out of time. The Week in Iceland will be back with you next Monday, the 17th of January on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. That just leaves me to thank my guest today, Beata Vaviania, and also Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. 
We finish today's programme with the closing song from Automotoscope, the New Year's sketch show that has one of the highest audience shares of any television programme in the world. Um, discussion of its strengths and weaknesses, as well as whether it was better or worse than last year, usually extends throughout January. If you've not seen it yet, you can still catch up with English subtitles by visiting the roof.as homepage, clicking Sjönvarp at the very top, and then Licht, L-E-I-T, which means search. If you search the word English, in English, um, you'll find it, as well as other stuff, including the ongoing hit drama series Verbooth, also with English subtitles. Hopefully, if you've had an eye on Icelandic news for the past year, you'll find something there to make you chuckle. Anyway, from that show, this is Unsted Manuel and the band Flott with the song Ev Thu Huxar En Soyeg. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Yeah.